is a very special episode, one that I'm so happy to have been a part of and that is really personally uh, meaningful to me as we interview Dan Debenham of Relative Race, uh, who has uh, done so much good in so many ways, especially with that show, I think, and who is struggling with stage four cancer. And uh, uh, we reflected on lessons we can learn from Relative Race. As some of this uh, happened as I was uh, writing my book, and I drew some lessons from that. Uh, and in particular, I wanted to, to point out that uh, we're, we're tying it in with some Isaiah chapters, uh, but I also want to tie in the uh, the title page where it says that part of the purpose of the Book of Mormon is to show unto the remnant of the house of Israel what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers, and that they may know the covenants of the Lord, that they are not cast off forever. And as we explore what it means to be cut off or cast off from God, and lessons we can learn from that, uh, from relative races, we see people reunited with their family and learning that they are not cut off or cast off in that way. And what that teaches us about Christ and what Christ does for us is this was so moving and meaningful to me. I believe it will be to you as well. Goodness, we have so many wonderful things uh, coming up. I just wanted to give you some updates on all of them. So uh, we're it's just right upon us. Tuesday, February 20th, we have the Live Isaiah event. That's free for anyone who's part of our Patreon website. So go to tsar.website, become a member for $10, and you get this event for free. Then you also get a discount if you do that. But either way, you can uh, be part of our Book of Mormon workshop on uh, February 23rd and 24th. There are Zoom options. There are um, options for being in person and couples discounts, all sorts of things. So we're going to have so much fun going through some of the material that we're about to cover in uh, our Come Follow Me reading and doing it in depth and together. You can register for that on the Patreon website. So that's SAR.website. Then we also have these two workshops, the one in Missouri uh, that is going to be fantastic. We've been able to do a virtual tour of the place we're uh, going to be staying. It is just such a great setting, such a great place to do workshops with facilities where we can do it and eat together while we talk and, and have classrooms and even breakout sessions if we want in, in the different classrooms they have. And then to, to be able to be with me and with uh, especially with Alex Baugh, uh, you will come to understand church history better and understand and appreciate all of the fantastic, uh, amazing uh, sacrifices and uh, growth that happened in Missouri. It will just really, I, I'm so excited for that. So um, you can learn about that on the tsar.website, but uh, register by emailing us at the scriptures are real at gmail.com. We're taking registrations via email and uh, we're, this is just going to be fantastic. Then we have the church history tour that is at the uh, end of May, beginning of June. So the, the Missouri workshop is the first weekend in June or April. Uh, the, the church history workshop you can also learn about on the website, but uh, please email us at the scriptures real at gmail.com. Uh, we've gotten everything lined up there. Uh, fantastic places we're staying. Uh, we're going to do great things. And there's some new things. If you've been to to these places before, we're going to show you some things you haven't seen before. So uh, it's it's going to be wonderful. So uh, email us for the, the tour the, and uh, the Missouri workshop and register for the others on the website and just enjoy all of the wonderful things that are happening. Hello and welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that have helped them become real to us. And uh, today I think we have a very special episode. I'm your host, Carrie Mulstein, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Uh, this is Dan Debenham. Many of you will be familiar with him from uh, relative race, 
And uh, that's a show I'm a fan of and I'll talk about in just a second. But uh, perhaps I can introduce Dan just a little bit more than that. And and he'll correct me in, in how I'm wrong. So, uh, uh. Dan... Dan has been uh, with TV for over 30 years. I think he's spent time with ESPN, including helping uh, to produce and create the X Games. He's uh, produced uh, shows like Home Team and Dining with the Dean and United Sharks of America. He's the recipient of the Sports Foundation's Network Journalism Award, and he's been awarded two International Artie Awards and nominated for two Emmys and three National Cable Ace Awards. And I'm sure a lot more than that. I, I'm not uh, too much in the TV world, so I don't know a lot more than that. He's he's founded uh, Lensworks, which is the the show that produces um, Relative Race, and I have to repent of that because in uh, my my upcoming book uh, on Easter, I I said that BYU TV produced it, and uh, I was wrong in that, and I I'm trying to repent of that. But uh, Dan also has four children, and I don't know how many grandchildren you have now, at least four. But uh, how many do you? Have? I have. Uh, well, we lost my oldest son. So uh, he passed away about seven years ago. So I'm uh, sorry, I didn't know that. Married with no children. Uh, But my other three kids have blessed me with, uh, I now have nine grandchildren. I have eight Uh, granddaughters and uh, one grandson. All right. Uh, I guess President Nelson would call that uh, El Ultimo, but hopefully it's not the the last. uh, Well, wonderful. Thank you for being with us, Dan. Of course. Happy to be here. There's just one quick correction that I would like to add in there. And that is, I was not the founder of Lensworks. My former business partner was the founder. Okay. uh, He asked me to join him shortly after he incorporated. And uh, we were equal partners. And recently, uh, to my dismay, because he's such a talented, great guy, he asked me to buy him out. He was after 24, 25 years, he was looking to do some other things. And so, but I just want to say, I'm not the founder. Uh, uh, the actual founder is Tom Zadunich and just a great guy and was key and instrumental in helping formulate relative race. Um, uh, so to, anyway, that's the only thing I wanted to say. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad to know that and, and have that correct. So thank you. And, and we're grateful for him then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we can start a, a, out a little bit. This this shows uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to focus a, a teeny on scripture, but more on some things we can extrapolate from it. Uh, and maybe I can just give a little introduction of your show. You can hear how someone like me sees it, and then you can uh, add and, and correct. But uh, I'm wearing my my relative race uh, wristbands, so there's no show that uh, that I like more. Uh, this show touches me more than any show I've watched. Uh, it's it's the show I'm most excited about. Uh, I love this show. It has a, a real effect on me. And for those of you who haven't seen it, it's it's uh, airs on BYU TV. Uh, so you can get it uh, for free just going to their website or on uh, Roku or whatever it is that you do to watch TV. Um, the The premise of the show is that people who are looking for family that they don't know who they are and, and how to get in touch with them can submit DNA. And then other people have submitted their DNA and relative race helps to match them up. Uh, that's that, and and there's a race element involved. Uh, there are four teams, and that's why I've got the four different colored wristbands. And uh, you know, you can be eliminated. The slowest team each day gets a strike, and and there are nine days of this race, and then the tenth day, whoever uh, wins that uh, also wins fifty thousand dollars. But the the real prize is the relatives that they meet along the way. Each day they meet a new relative. 
Um, and I'll just say the part that has touched me the most and and really got me to thinking about deeper, I mean, family is important to us clearly, but it got me thinking about what I think are deeper religious implications is as I saw time and time again, uh, people who didn't know who their parents were and it, it left a hole in them. They, they wanted to know who they were and they felt like knowing who their parents were or their their other family members um, would help them know who they were. And there was a wound in that separation. They felt unwhole. They felt wounded and sometimes abandoned and and wondering about uh, their own worth or how to view themselves and think of themselves because they didn't know if their parents or their family members wanted them or not. And then to see the incredible healing that takes place uh, when they're reunited with people is amazing to me. And so, in fact, that kind of gave birth to, to what I explore in my book on Easter, this idea that I think we're all separated from God and we're all searching for that that healing that can come from that. But but maybe we can just kind of uh, launch into this by saying, you know, the Book of Mormon has several, especially the first part of the Book of Mormon, a lot of scenes about separation. You've got uh, family being separated from each other. They're being separated from the house of Israel as they leave Jerusalem. Uh, they have a lot of questions about this. And as they're working their way through some of these questions, uh, they often will turn, for example, to Isaiah. And and uh, when uh, the Nephites are separated from the Lamanites, then they start out by quoting Isaiah when he says, when God says, have I put thee away? Have I cast thee off forever? Or uh, as they're leaving the, the first promised land, heading towards their new promised land, they quote Isaiah saying, the Lord hath forsaken me. The Lord hath forgotten me, but he, he will show that he hath not, right? That this idea that God hasn't forsaken us uh, is so important to them. And uh, and that really helps me think of relative race. So maybe I can start out by asking you um, these these questions, Dan. Um, what have you learned about the pain as you've watched so many people and, and get to know them so much more than we do when we watch the show? What have you learned about the pain of being separated from family? And, and what have you learned about uh, how that separation affects the way people see themselves and their worth? And and what does reunion do for them and and then eventually we can get to how that might teach us about what christ is trying to do for us but just those questions what what have you seen about sure. that pain of separation and the joy of reunion uh maybe i could personalize this a little bit too i just mentioned that i lost my son yeah uh in a tragic accident he was there one minute and gone the next and um he was 26 he was perfect he was just amazing the loss that I feel uh, from my son stings me every day. I mean, it yeah. hurts. It it just hurts. Uh, he was he was also uh, you know I'm I'm not a huge fan into you know parents that say oh my kids are my best friends. Well, they they have best friends, right? You know we need right. to be parents first, but but he was my buddy. Uh, he, he and I were very close. And so that, that loss is what is really where I gained an even deeper appreciation and empathy for those that are on relative race. Right. Um, because I knew my son for 26 years, but these are people that have never known who they are, where they came from. 
I will never forget one of our participants. Uh, I think it was season three. Uh, and in our backstory, when we tell the stories of these participants that are about to embark on this, you know, 10 day journey, um, this, this man, because he was at the time, he was the oldest one that had ever been on the show. I think he was, uh, I think he was 49 years old. We've now had people in their fifties and even early sixties, but, um, this man, uh, told us how he was adopted, closed adoption, didn't, didn't know, you know, where he came from, right. that he had a very loving adoptive mother and father, but unfortunately his mother passed away when he was 10 and his, or maybe it was his father first, but both of his parents passed away before he was a teenager. Oh, wow. And here he is, you know, 35 years later. And I will never forget that scene. He's sitting on the porch, the front porch of his home. And he looks into our camera and he said, and with tears, he just said, I just want to know if there's anyone out there that loves me. Oh, Wow. imagine that for those of us who grew up hopefully as i did in an incredibly loving nurturing encouraging supportive family a mother and father that loved each other and loved their covenants that they had made one with another and taught us right from wrong from the very basics to the best and some of the most difficult but parents that we knew siblings that i hated and loved and hated and loved right yeah this guy at 49 years old is looking out as if into the darkness and with tears in his eyes saying i just want to know if there's anyone out there that loves me that's so hard broke my heart yeah these are not all the time but often the stories we have had people come on the, the, a lot of people that they call it aging out of the foster system. They were never adopted. They were, they went from foster home to foster home until they're 18 years old. And then the, the state just says, you're on your own. Yeah. Good. Good luck. You're, you're, you're 18. Yeah. And often, not always, but often the stories that we are, that we unfold are miserable situations in foster homes. Now I know that there are plenty of wonderful loving foster homes uh, i happen to have a neighbor uh, that uh, fostered 15 children and oh, wow. they ended up adopting eight of them so so i know that there are loving wonderful foster families foster parents and foster homes but often with relative race we find just that they're searching because they didn't have a good experience they yeah. don't know who's out there uh, some cases, uh, they know that they were left literally at a convent in a basket and the nuns took him in another case where a father actually killed her mother. And she, oh, knew, yeah, I remember that one. She knew nothing about her mother's side of the family. Um, or I should say, allegedly, I guess, legally, I, let me correct that uh, a case where, uh, the father allegedly uh, killed the mother, and uh, and 
And I, the, the challenges that we go through and the miracles that are often provided as we search for families or petition the courts to open up sealed records or find homeless people on the street, which all of the above we've been able to do and blessed to be able to do. Um, but when you see someone that is searching, longing, hungry for love, affection, family, respect, acceptance, and then after a day of navigating the roads, yeah, uh, each and every day they race to a different city. They do that without any smart technology. They just do it with paper maps and their wits. And they wind up at a doorstep. They knock on the door. The door opens up and they look up at somebody and they say, are you my relative? And the person looks down and says, I am. And then the next obvious question, how are we related? And then usually that person on the doorstep, on the front porch, starts getting emotional and says, well, Carrie, I'm your father, yeah. or I'm your mother, or I'm your brother, or I'm your sister. Yeah. To then see, to see what happens in real time, captured by our cameras, is so humbling so overwhelming and at times so spiritual to me uh, that as the host of the show, it's hard sometimes for me to hold back my emotions. And um, I've been doing this a long time, but this show means more to me personally and professionally than anything I've ever done. And it's because of the things that we're discussing about right now. This show has meaning. It impacts people not only now, but for generations to come. Right. And uh, it's powerful. It, it is. It is. And maybe um, maybe as you were talking about the, the man who said, I just want to know if someone loves me, it, it reminds me of another uh, moment that it's, it's kind of flipping the tables, but there was one of the most powerful moments for me. It was just a few seasons ago. I don't remember my seasons very well. It may have been season 10, but something, I think season nine, somewhere in there. <clears throat> where there was a young man who'd been troubled uh, and so on uh, for a long time. And he finally found his father. Um, and uh, as he meets his father and he hears his father's had problems with substance abuse and things like that. But then his father says that he's been clean for a little while. And the son says to him, I'm proud of you. And the father, who is probably older than me, he's like 50s, 60s, something like that. I'm mid 50s. But uh his father said, no one has ever said that. So I'm going to have a hard time not getting emotional right now. He says, no one has ever said that to me in my entire life. And I, I just can't imagine what is that, what is that like to have reached that age and never had someone say that they're proud of you. And, and to me, this is part of what we're all hungering for, both in terms of from other people, especially family, but also from God. Uh, to to know that there's someone to have that kind of relationship with God where he tells us i love you and i'm proud of you and and to me the as i watch these families it mirrors uh the, the relationships happening and being created with these families it mirrors the relationships that we're trying to create and have with with God and uh it's so touching to me so i don't know if you could speak to some of the healing that you've seen uh, as you've watched these shows yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can think of a number uh, of those. 
Um, on season two, we had a young man. He was in his late twenties, uh, newlywed. I think they'd been married for 18 months. Uh, he and his beautiful wife, he was a counselor, uh, at a Christian, uh, church and, um, his mother had been killed by a drunk driver when he was, I think, six. And with that went the mystery of who his father was because yeah. she had never said who it was. Well, we found the father and um, he agreed to be on the show. And when he met his father, one of the things he said and it was after you thought about it for a second, it was a little bit of a humorous moment, but he said, now remember he lost his mom when he was six, I think it was. And he said, he says to his father, he said, I, you know, I can't believe it. I can't believe you're here. And then he said, you knew my mom. And his dad says, <laughs> yeah, I knew your mom. And he, and he says, you know, can you tell me about that? And he goes, yep, there's a lot of things I can tell you about. And he says, uh, it's going to take some time. And he said, well, I can't wait to hear it. You know, he just wanted to hear from his dad. You know, yeah. he was missing both sides of his life. Well, he met his father. And, and then through meeting his father, he met three sisters the mm -hmm. next day. Well, as Paul Harvey used to say for the older listening audience, <laughs> and now the rest of the story, um, about three months after the show, uh, may, it might've been five months, uh, but shortly after the show uh, ended, he, his father passed away, but huh. he let me know the miracle of being able not only to attend because he now knew his father, but going with his family. Yeah. You know, his sisters were there and he was there to pay tribute and respect and love to this father. Um, that's happened on two occasions that we've had uh, fathers that were introduced uh, as recently as uh, I think season 11, if I remember right introduced uh, to introduce he meets his father and uh, in fact he met his father his father we contacted the father and we found out quickly he said i absolutely want to meet you know my son i didn't know i had a son you know that's typically the yeah. answer that's often the case yeah and and uh he said yeah i want to meet my son well between the time that we contacted the father and when we were going to film the actual show, and that's sometimes up to three, four months, um, this father was admitted into the hospital and was not expected to live. I remember that episode. Yeah. So we flew his son out prior uh, to the, the show starting officially so that he could meet his father. Well, his his entire family said... His name was uh, Billy Jack. Yeah. And they said, uh, Billy Jack's been hanging on. Ever since he knew he had a son, he's been hanging on. And uh, we were talking, we, the production company, uh, they'd given the ability, they'd given us the legal ability to talk with the hospital staff. And they said, we don't understand what's keeping him alive. Uh, well, not only, not only did he then improve, he got out of the hospital 
And then while the show was actually airing was this enormous family reunion with Billy Jack, all of his family. There were dozens of people there. Yeah. And shortly after that, Billy Jack, his father passed away. And wow. so uh, I can remember very well, I, I, one of my, well, I have fond memories of all the teams, but there was a couple by the name of Precious and Paris. Oh, yeah. Uh, Team Green, this yeah. wonderful, beautiful couple, two beautiful children. She never knew her family. She discovers on the show, uh, we, we, we found all of her family. She discovers through an aunt that her mother, so the sister to her mother, had passed away. And that's tough news for these people to get because yeah. they're desperately searching for somebody. And sometimes that news is that's some person you're searching for, unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Those are sometimes the hardest moments yes. on the show, uh, but it provides answers and yeah. often even closure because the relative is able to share that person's life and say, you know, often is the case when a parent or passes away and they find that out and they're talking to an aunt or an uncle, a direct relative to that parent, they'll say, you know, your mama regretted and always prayed for you, regretted giving you up. And, you know, she wrote, she had a Christmas present for you every Christmas. Imagine that feeling of love that comes even in that moment that you found out that you've lost that relative. Well, so Precious, this beautiful young woman, finds out that her mother has passed away. And towards, I think it was day eight, towards the end of the show, we guide her, meaning the show guides her through texts and clues. And she winds up at another doorstep. And on the door, it says, come inside. So nobody answers the door. There's just a note that says, come inside. She walks inside and she looks around and she said, hello, is anybody here? Then she looks and on the coffee table are pictures. And she like, she says to her husband, look, what, what, what's this? What's going on? And as she's focused on those pictures, her father, without her knowledge that he's walking into the room, turns around and walks into the room she had been shown pictures of her father from other relatives throughout the race earlier and she turns around and there is this man that you can see has had a hard life yeah he was wearing a suit he was wearing a suit because he wanted to be in his finest attire for his baby girl but that suit was about four sizes too big for him but he was in a suit and he was clean and he was honored to be there in that moment. And he just held and she turned around and she goes, you're my dad. And yeah. she starts crying. He comes in, he starts crying. And all he keeps saying is God is good. God yeah. is good. And you hear that so often from the relatives, not the people that are participating on the show as our, as our teams, as our participants but from the relatives that have been waiting to try to find this long lost person. They, I can't tell you how often they, they just hug and hold and cry and they 
constantly use the refrain over and over again, God is good. God is yeah. good. So the, the, there, there are so many moments like that that we could spend two hours describing. Them. Um, but the moments are so powerful. It, it, it's, I think it's more and more rare because we become more and more of a jaded society, I believe. Uh, yeah. sadly. And so it's kind of difficult to elicit emotions. Everybody's, you know, girded up to not show emotions or, you know, well, the movie's supposed to be a sob movie, but yeah, you know, I noticed the actor was this or, yeah. or I've seen people. this before. Yeah. yeah. This, this show, man, it is real and it is powerful. Yeah. And in that, I love that you drew the analogy of being separated from our savior. I can tell you that you know, my path here on this earth, and I won't get into details, but it's been uh, different and often very difficult. And I have often felt separated from my savior. But while often feeling separated, I've never lost a testimony of my savior. And as I, as I pray morning and night, never giving up hope, uh, there is that sweet feeling, this, this powerful presence and feeling that comes over me that I think these people feel when they're on this race. And they're, and they're finding that long lost person. And they're there and they're talking to them and they're hugging them and they're holding them. Well, I would rather not leave this earth. You, you, you know that I have stage four cancer. I'd rather not leave this earth for quite some time. But I'll tell you, when I do, I have that hope that I'll be connected to my Savior, who I often feel, not, not on his part, it's on my part, I often feel lost and uh uh, you know, needing that unconditional love that comes from our Savior. Well, believe it or not, <laughs> there are people all over this earth, as you pointed out, that need that acceptance and love, and they've never heard it in their lives ever. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the show is yeah. It's, it's anyway. I'm I'm I love that you made that analogy uh, between our our contestants searching for family and how we are we feel lost and searching for our savior. He's always there for us. Just like these relatives were always there for them. He, he's always there for us. These yeah. relatives were already there for them. We just got to connect the two. We got to connect us with the savior. We've got to connect these people to their families. Amen to that. In fact, I, I think, and I, I'll say, like, I don't think there are any episodes. I don't get emotional multiple times, but probably the most when someone's connected with a parent, you know, a mother or a father, but, uh, but the thing that I see that seems to make the biggest difference is when they hear either from a parent or for someone else, we've been looking for you or we've always wanted you or we've you were always wanted. You were always, you know, it's this idea that, no, you weren't abandoned. You someone has cared about you. And it makes such a huge difference. You can just see like decades of pain being healed uh, so, so powerfully. 
And it, and it does make me think like you were talking about that there are times where I think all of us, for whatever reason, whether it's uh, just circumstances of life or sometimes I think we don't feel close to the Lord because he wants us to seek a little bit harder or there are a dozen, well, more than a dozen reasons. But the when we feel that separation and then we get there and uh, and we have the connection with Christ and we recognize, oh, he's loved me all along. He's wanted me all along. And that is so powerful. And and. Maybe I can make another connection, and I don't want to weird you out here, but I, I do feel like there's a shadow or a type of of Christ in this show. Uh, and and maybe I'll, I'll just share one part of one episode, and this is a spoiler alert. I think it's season five, so if you're going to watch the beginning of season uh, five, uh, I'm going to ruin like the first 10 minutes of the show uh, for you. So you may want to pause this and then go watch it. But uh, I think that's, I don't remember if it's that number, but the, you had a time where there were two boys, Team Green, if I remember right, who didn't have a driver's license. Neither, they came from LA and neither one of them had a driver's license. And you lined them up. This this there. I have a lot of favorite moments of the show, but this might be my very favorite moment. This is my, this, I've often said, Carrie, this moment that you're going to describe, when I uh, speak, uh, I, I I feel very blessed to be asked to speak at various functions around the country about relative race and family. And sometimes it's in a theological setting and other times it's for a genealogy or family society or something like that. But I often, I show this moment that you're about to describe. And I tell them, I said, in my 40 years of television, this is by far the single best moment that I've ever witnessed in television. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm so, glad I, go ahead, right, go ahead. I, I should let you tell the story, but actually I kind of want to tell the thing I noticed and see if it's the same thing that, that you noticed that made it. So, I mean, there are a number of things, but especially this one thing that made it powerful because uh, you said, and there was another team where they'd had to get their drivers. They were from New York. They didn't have a driver's license, but they'd gotten it. Team two Red, sisters. team adopted yeah, sisters and team, yeah. team Red. Yeah. But team green, they didn't have their driver's license. So you said, well, we're, I'm going to have a hard time saying, it. uh, we're going to have to, you can't drive the car without a license. So we're going to have to provide a driver for you. And, and you see this, uh, gentleman walking out and you can see all the other team members like, Hey, this isn't fair, right? That gives them advantage. And you're explaining the rules. You're not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to do anything. You don't tell him that, that he to do, right. He has to do exactly what he does. He can't help you in any way. And you can still see everyone there saying, this is not fair. I'm upset about this. And then you say, Oh, and by the way, your driver, this man is your father. And you can see the look on everybody's faces. Nobody cared anymore. Nobody was upset. Everyone was thrilled that these boys would be able to be with their father. And I think of you and that moment when that happened, I thought, this is what Christ does for us. He, he reunites us with the Father to some degree here on earth so that he can help us drive and get where we're going to be. But then after that race is over, after that drive is over, we can just be with him. It doesn't have to end there. We can just be with God. And I thought that it really was an analogy to me for what Christ does for us. And to see everyone else rejoicing rather than competing, rejoicing in that reunion. And I think that's how we'll all be. So I don't know if that's what made it so special for you. I'd love to hear more about that from you. Uh, no, that, that, uh, the thing, a, it was, it was the, 
I, I, I was so giddy when we figured out the solution because we had been working with these boys. Uh, they were siblings. Uh, one yeah. had, one was homeless. Um, and we had been working with them for four months, including flying personnel from our company out to LA to ensure that they would get to the DMV and all of these things would happen, right? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> three days before the race, every every one of the teams, the four teams, Team Blue, Team Black, Team Red, and Team Green, have a producer that's embedded with them from our company. And the producer for these boys, Team Green, came to me three days before the race. And he said, uh, and I'd been asking him for four months, where are we at on their driver's license? Where are we at? Well, he, you, 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 you know what he, he told me? He said, uh, they don't have driver's license. And I won't get into how frustrated I was at that moment because I thought, well, how do we have a show? You know, yeah. we can't, we can't have three people go out on the road and we're going to start filming in three days. <clears throat> and then interestingly enough simultaneously both that producer he and i said at the same time they said we said wait a minute wait a minute isn't the father that we found isn't he a truck driver and we both knew what we were going to say and i said we're going to line this up so that he drives the boys and i said you get on the phone with the father say we will compensate him you know, for his lost revenue, whatever he needs, but he's got to, we're going to fly him out for day one because they they were going to meet their father. I think it was on day five. Mm -hmm. So we said, we need to fly him out immediately to St. Louis. This one started in St. Louis under the arch. Yeah. And, uh, and I actually sat with that father in my hotel room and rehearsed with him the night before saying, look, you have to hug your son on this side so that our cameras pick it up. You can't <laughs> move over here. You can't say anything. And so the the only thing that I would correct in what actually took place, but the the the, the power of it was so real, was that I said, you know, I explained, look, guys, you have a driver. Everything you said is spot on. You could see all the other teams. We interviewed them. They're ticked off. They're like, look, this isn't fair. They have an advantage now, you know, um, well, uh, I say, well, I say to the boys, it's time to meet your driver. And he walks up and shakes their hands and then looks because the boys have two different fathers, but the same mother. So he uh, was only the father to the one. Oh, I so, never realized that. Yeah. Huh. They, they had two different, they have two different fathers. I mean, two different fathers, but the same mother. So the father says to the boys, you know, I'm really glad to meet you. I'm excited to be your driver, especially you. Oh, that's right. Oh. He says, especially you. He says, because I'm your father. And the look of not only that son. Yeah. But then we capture, if you go back to that moment, watch the other teams in the background. Yeah. They, the, the girls from New York, these kind of hardcore New York city girls, they drop to the ground yeah. because they're crying with joy. 
Uh, we had two Marines. Team Blue was the two, the husband and wife that were. Oh, yeah. And those hardcore Marines, he, his his comments were, oh, it got real. It got yeah. real, you know. And he said, oh, I, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Everybody, to your point, went from being so frustrated and so upset, thinking everything was so unfair. But these people caught that spirit. And with the analogy that we're saying, the spirit of Christ, the yeah. spirit of family. And in that moment, immediately, just like that, in a twinkling of an eye, they say, everything's fine. Yeah. I support this. I love this. This guy found his father. And oh, by the yeah. way, everybody else on out, on, out there was trying to find their father. Yep. So they, they here they see somebody meeting their father, and now they have renewed hope and and you know renewed faith that that can this show actually find my mother or my father do i have brothers or sisters you know uh yeah it was it was the best moment i've ever seen in television ever uh, i agree I, in fact i've re it's funny that i would not remember that correctly because i rewound and watched that like five times uh just to watch like you said to watch everyone and all of that and and I think it's what it's all about. I mean, aren't we all looking to be reunited with the Father? Aren't we all rejoicing for anyone who can, who has that happen, and who can help us do that? And and it gives us hope. And and uh, I, I just, to me, that's the epitome. It's it's what uh, Nephi and Jacob are looking for in the house of Israel, right? Like, oh, we feel like we're cut off. We feel lost and alone. We're in a strange land. We, we just feel so separated. And what they want is someone who can say, yes, I can get you to your father again. And that's what Christ is to us. And it's it's amazing. I feel so healed. every And, and uh, I mean, I'll talk about this more at Easter and people can read it in the book. But as I watched that show, I really did have to ask myself, why am I feeling healed? I, I, I'm, I, I know my parents. Um, I, I, and I came to realize, well, there's a, there are some parents that... I am separated from, and uh, and and that's helped me have some profound realizations about myself that, that your show has done. So I thank you for that, and I I hope it helps us all think more about how grateful for it we are for Christ and His willingness to leave His Father so that He could help us return again, and the the loneliness that He was willing to go through in order to help others. And now that I know your story, and I don't know when you lost your son, in in you know, relative to, to when you started relative race. But I I see that even more as I think of the the separation and the loss that you felt, but that that spurs you on to help others have their reunions. And that, again, seems uh, very Christ-like to me. So I thank you for that. Yeah, no, you're you're more than welcome. And of course, it's, it's a team of uh, 50. It's a staff of 50 that you know, go to, go to work here, trying to make this all work. And, and I'm very grateful that BYU TV uh, wants the show, you know, season after season. Um, they, they continue to say, you know, this is, we've heard that it's their number one rated show, that it's their only cross-generational show, meaning People that are in their 80s love this show, and people that are six and seven and eight years old, yeah. little kids love this show. And it's the only show that the whole family feels they can all 
watch together and nobody will get bored and everybody will be touched in a way, in a different way. And, and so I'm very grateful that uh, BYU TV uh, supports this show, uh, you know, uh, and, and believes in what we're doing as well. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been the, it's been the greatest blessing in, in, in my life, you know, outside of my, outside of my family. Um, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's such a, you sometimes, you know, I, I just wake up and I just say, I, I, you know, I can't believe that we're blessed to be able to do this. You know, Mm. uh, we get to create a show and, and deliver a show two seasons a year that finds and unites family. I mean, what can be better than that? And we get to do it in a very, uh, if I can say this the right way, it's in a very, um, kind of dramatic, entertaining, you know, oh, yeah. we, we get to do it in a way that, that, boy, you are, you know, what I hear time and time again is, you know, from the earliest moments on, you are all in and you yeah. just keep oh, yeah. watching. And well, in fact, I'll tell you, I won't watch a season until all 10 episodes are out because there are times where I'm like, I can't wait. I, I We're going to watch the next episode right now. I can't, I can't wait. Right. Because you do get so caught up in, in this. Yeah. And, and to your point, you know, all you got to do, you, you can watch all the seasons they are all available. And all you got to do is get the free BYU TV app. So you just yeah. download that app. It's free. And you just look up relative race and all of the seasons are there. But yeah. the only thing that I would, that I would caution any uh, new viewers is you do have to watch it episodically. You have to watch episode one now now that's yeah. not i'm not saying season one no. you can go to any season but whatever season you pick and i love season five for for that moment and all the moments following that but i i like all the seasons but but you have to watch episode one then episode two then yeah then episode three because if you just say well i'm gonna watch episode six of this season you're gonna watch and go what's going on i don't i don't quite get this because we we tell their story and then we build yeah. every team's story throughout the show. And one relative will provide clues to another relative that they're going to meet later. It's all tied together. And if you don't watch it episodically, uh, you know, it would be like going into your favorite. Think of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And the only thing you see is Jimmy Stewart running around town saying, what's going on? You know, where's, how is this Pottersville? And you're going, I don't understand what's going on here. Well, it's the same thing with relative race. You got to watch it from beginning to end. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I would, and I would recommend it again. I think it not only does it help us uh, appreciate family and uh, it's afforded, uh, you know, we only have uh, two children left at home and it's uh, my, my youngest, my son, who's really really into it with us it's just afforded us fantastic conversations as we watch this together um so not only does it teach about family and a whole lot of other principles in the gospel but uh like i said it it teaches me about my relationship with my father in heaven and with christ and and uh and it's helped me think through you know so how did jacob feel as as his dad's passing or as he sees his brother you know and all this family turmoil when they're leaving people behind and so on and it's 
it's made all of that become much more real to me. And, and, uh, uh that's what we want to have happen. So thank you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you pointed out, uh, what you feel and I can testify that there is divine power, divine natures involved with this show that I have no control over. And I'm so grateful for, uh, that has been proven to us time and time and time again. Uh, and so, you know, my, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but again, uh, I'm such a small part of this, but I am keenly aware for all the reasons that we've discussed and many more, um, what the power of this show and it humbles me to my core. And I hope I get to continue to produce and host this for many, many years to come, you know, me too, me too. So, well, thank you, Dan. And, and, uh, I hope that our audience has been as uplifted as I have been and that, uh, they'll share this with their friends and their family, this episode and the show, uh, the relative race and, uh, you know, do all those things like, and download and, and, uh, comment and rate and review and everything that will help more people find this and, and, uh, relative race. And, and above all, I hope it helps us. Uh, feel after God a little bit more and and be more have more hope for and excitement for that eventual reunion when uh when we'll be on his front porch and uh he'll say I'm your father welcome home uh that's a day we can look forward to and that I think the prophets in the Book of Mormon and everywhere else are are helping us to look forward to. So I, I can picture that it's a little more real to me because both of the scriptures and your show and and I hope that our audience is feeling that as well. Well, amen to that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I completely agree. And, and uh, with everything that you've said and, and uh, you know, you've actually taught me, Carrie, I got to tell you, you, you've introduced some things that I haven't quite looked at it quite that way. And now with hearing from you, and I, 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 I'm actually thinking, wow, I haven't ever been able to put to words my feelings here, or what was I thinking, or what did it mean? And, and now I, I, now I can. So thank you for, uh, for uh, teaching me uh, throughout this time that we spent together. And wow. I, I do hope that your listeners uh, will find some real joy, some real joy and, and comfort, uh, a, a desire. If you, if you watch well to raise, this is what I always hope for is that you will find a deep desire to draw closer to your family with deeper appreciation. If you know your family and if you've decided, you know, if you don't know family or, you know, family, but they've been lost uh, I, I hope that this will inspire you to, to think differently, uh, to, to, to think differently about the power and importance of family. It is, uh, it is eternal in nature and it is, um, it is desperately needed now in our day and age than now more than ever. And so I hope that this renews our our joy our our reverence for our appreciation for 
but uh, of our existing family. But if you don't know your family, I hope that this might spur you on to, to make those efforts to find family. And if, and if I'll tell you, the other thing that I see more and more often, and it's happened occasionally in my, in my family, uh, including my, you know, parents and brothers and aunts and uncles, my, my extended family, you know, the other thing that is really, both with the loss of my son and this show, that's really made a powerful impact on my very soul is man, if, if, if you're ticked off about something, if you're holding yeah. a grudge about something with a family member, get over it, Yeah, get over it. And the simplest way to do it is just give them a hug or a phone call and say, Hey, I love you. Let's yep. just, let's just hit the restart button. Cause I love you. Uh, you know, I, I know what my last words were with my son. I, 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 I will never forget them. I, I gave him a great big hug and I said, Hey, why don't we go golfing this Saturday? He said, you know, dad, I'd like that. He said, I'll give you a call. And I, I gave him this hug and I said, I love you, buddy. And he was big and strong and he gave the best hugs and he gave me a hug and he says, dad, I love you too. And he was gone. Wow. And so, you know, believe me, <laughs> if you, if you've got, you know, if, if you're holding a grudge over something, get rid of it, get rid of it. So amen, amen to that. And including if that grudge is against God, or, you know, someone who's oh yeah worried about their separation with God, any of that, let's, let's reunite, which is what family or relative race is about. It's let's reunite. Yeah. Agreed. Well, thank you. And uh, we'll urge our audience, let's see, the other episode this week is is uh, going through the scripture block with Dr. Andrew Skinner, and he's always a favorite guest. And next week, we'll have Tammy Uzbek Hall and uh, Dr. Matt Bowen uh, to talk with us. So you can look forward to that. So again, thank you, Dan, and, and thanks to our audience. All right. Thanks for having me.